What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast, episode 120. Getting up there. Uh, today, I'm talking to Ellison. Uh, he's been on before. I've been on his podcast before. He is of uh, only on the Midwatch podcast fame and the uh, owner and operator of Test Depth. Um, check him out at teamtestdepth.com or you can find only on the Midwatch podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Hey, real quick, if you can and you're willing to support us, uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. With the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and, and Don't Give Up The Ship podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Thank you. Uh, great dude. Uh, went down some leadership rabbit holes, talked about a bunch of stuff, um, mainly just discussion about um, leadership in the military. We get into like all kinds of different like little nooks and crannies, um, just talking about a bunch of different things. And then uh, like you'll definitely see him again. We're definitely uh, working closely with each other, trying to uh, grow his his presence, kind of targeting the submarine force and submarine veterans. Uh, and then, of course, mine in the leadership development realm, uh, just trying to help each other out. So definitely recommend checking out his content. Uh, I had a great conversation with him and I hope you enjoy this. Check it out, man. Let's just uh, let's just talk about, <laughs> you know, before we get into all the weeds, man, uh, I just got to kind of say it's been awesome to be back and uh, yeah. on my on my grind stuff, man. And um dude can talking with you that one time where you know we had the conversation and we were like hey man you know people see the value in in test depth and stuff like that yeah um it was just really great to get back on and connect with all the people who who saw the value in it in the past yeah and uh and then like continue to like reach new accounts and you yeah. know talk with people who be like oh you know this person you know you know the submarine community yeah. is really small right so yeah yeah so they're going to be like, oh, you know, I served with that guy. You know, you're, 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 you know, insert chief or your department head here. Yeah. Like I was on, you know, I remember when we were JOs together or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been, it's just been a lot of cool stuff like that, man. And um, getting back. So I got to say you, you and I had a conversation that I think kind of reset my eyes back on my, my goal and my my wish for what I wanted to do. So I just got to nice. open up and start by saying, thank you. I appreciate that. Hell yeah. Happy to man. Happy to. Um, yeah, dude, dude, there's a space for it. Like there just is, there's like, and I, I was going through a rough patch too, man, where it was like, I was questioning whether or not I was going to keep doing this or whether I like could keep doing it. Um, mm -hmm. just cause I was a fucking mess and I needed to like figure out what was like, what was going on with me and, and like post-military life, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do like, go get a job? Am I going to go to school? And it was like, when I, I tried to go to school, that's when I started to like go off the rails a little bit with like, cause I went off meds and I went off, like I stopped therapy and all that thinking I was good and, and it would be fine. And looking back, it was a pretty brain dead decision just because of the transition. And everything. <laughs> but, but like, um, 
yeah like i getting back on meds was like it was like a light switch um because yeah. like and it's funny because i hear a lot of people say they don't work for them and it's like i guess i'm just the lucky guy that like i mean there like there are some like not super pleasant side effects but they're not like they don't really affect my daily life that much and the the upside outweighs it by like a million x you know like it's just mm-hmm. like i'm i'm in such a better mood i'm like sleeping better i'm um i just want to do like i'm i'm just in a good headspace and like i want to do the podcast stuff a lot and um i'm pumped about like um i just published today like the we're gonna do thursday uh you can drop in if you want i'll send you the link and everything we're doing uh the first like d guts and friends thing on discord which was gonna just be uh, oh yeah, like, dude! I saw that. I was yeah about that. It was gonna just yeah. be like a Patreon tier thing, but I don't have enough Patreon subscribers to like. I mean, I do, but they right. like all have to show up. Like I have like nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're yeah. not all going to. Some of them are people. Like a few of them are people that I know that are just supporting me because they like you know love me and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Want to want to support, but like I, I know they're not all gonna show up. So, uh. I was just like, I'm just going to open the channel up to everybody. Uh, and then the the Navy Discord was cool enough to publish it as well there because there's a way bigger audience there. So now a ton of those people have come into my like server thing. Um, nice. And so there'll be, I think there'll be a way better uh, group. And then I invited, so now you, uh, Chief Bob will be sitting right next to me. He's here now in real life. Uh, he transferred here. And then, nice. uh, okay. Okay. so that'll be dope. And then I invited the Caesar Triumph host is, is going to be on with us. Um, Christina DiRienzo, uh, should be on mm-hmm. with us and, uh, Riley and Jesse, I invited as well. So I don't know. They, I think Jesse's going to be there. Uh, Riley mm-hmm. hadn't, hadn't responded to me yet, but yeah, so it'll be a good, sick. good group. And I, I don't know how it's going to go. I think, Cause like I initially my concept was I was going to publish it as a podcast too, but I think what I might do is just stream it on YouTube and it is what it is. Cause like, I think it's going to get right. a little chaotic um, because there's going to be so many people in there. And so yeah. I'm going to, and I've, I'm not a streamer either. So like, I've never done that. So it's going to be fun to like beta test yeah. this and see. Yeah. Like, that sounds similar <laughs> to, to like when uh, I tried to do a collab with uh what well, not tried. We did a collab with sailors and sticks and mm. it was a logistical nightmare figuring yeah. out how to how to stream live uh-huh. the both of us yeah have people in like engage in the games that we were playing in the giveaways and then also record it for a podcast yeah uh, yeah as I'm, well it was it was like it was i'm it was not nice. confident i can get a coherent podcast out of it but like i'm hoping that i can because right now i have it in the voice channel so like everybody yeah. will be able to talk So that's why I'm worried. But like, I, I, it didn't feel as cool if I like, and I might just do it differently the second time around. I was able to. Okay. I I was thinking about like, maybe I should do it in a text channel and I'll just like me and Bob and cause I can invite a bunch of people into like a studio on here or whatever, and they could all talk and then we could just all discuss the questions or whatever. But then I was like, that doesn't feel like, I want it more involved. I want like the people that come in the room to be able to directly interact with me and you and whoever shows up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I think it'll be more fun that way. And then if I don't get a podcast out of it, it's whatever, you know, like it's, 
I, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that. So I think what we ended up trying to do was, I mean, and do it how you're going to do it. But like, you know, all yeah. you, as far as the the recording for the, the track for the podcast, you just rip your vi- rip your audio from the video that you capture. Mm-hmm. And we ended up simultaneously Instagram living. But Instagram living okay. had the issue where it gives you a maximum amount of time. Oh, yeah. A yeah. maximum amount of time to live stream. Which I don't know if YouTube Live does it. Like, say for example, I don't, you have a mobile. I'm app. pretty sure they don't because I've I've watched a few creators that I mean they have like four and a half hour streams that they just yeah. throw up unedited. <laughs> it's yeah, just exactly. like so. I'm thinking that's probably how I'll do it because I don't want to edit it really either. And yeah. so I think I'll try to just spend the next few days prepping for the the YouTube live stream, and then I could do that. I think with OBS where it'll just be like me and Bob live streaming, but the, the, the hitch is going to be how I get the audio from discord to play through that or whatever. I don't, I don't, right. It's going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. We, the advent of the, of the live stream on the app, the mobile app was to be able to have people pull, like, you know, answer questions and engage Mm. to the live stream with everybody. Right. So I was able to just capture it on the computer or whatever with all the participants Mm. via discord. I think it was. And then that was just for video and audio purposes. And then, okay. the live stream yeah we, we can for, we'll get into messages. more nuts and bolts after because i'll I probably have some yeah, questions yeah, for yeah. you but the listeners yeah. don't give a flying about yeah they're like this like anyway skip 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 yeah skip. um yeah man I, i've uh, i've talked to i've talked to some cool people like i said coming yeah. back and um you know thinking about you know a, lo- a lot of people asked about mental health mm. um which is surprising, I feel like, because in the beginning, when we first started our show, I felt like I was talking about mental health a lot. Perhaps those shows never aired. I, I'd have to go back and listen to our discography, if you will. But yeah, um, we're we're going to be talking about mental health a lot on on our show as well, a lot more anyway. Some people yeah. made some requests for talking about mental health, and uh, especially as it pertains to junior sailors, yep. um, the reality of an operational boat and its constraints, and mm-hmm. you know, you know. Yeah, we we talk about this kind of stuff until we're blue in the face, but the impact yeah. you have on your divisions that you leave yep. behind, and um, and then you know some some guys that I've spoken to that you know are doing some great stuff out there in the community, in the veteran community, mm-hmm. um, as well being willing to talk about the kinds of things that they're doing, and um, you know, in light of recent events, I was like, I felt um, you know, test depth being that community for submariners that is is asking for engagement and stuff and to kind of create our our own little slice of the pie here is great and all but i want i want test depth to be uh present in the community physically and like in showing like putting putting you know our money where our mouth is so been planning and plotting out ways to kind of um to go places and and get involved with everyone physically like Mm. you know having events and um having outreach kind of things happen so talking with you know certain people and and yourself uh, with about you know people wanting to to join in on something like that and and Mm. traveling to to different duty stations and and doing stuff with veterans and active duty guys and in a sense where you leave your collar device at home yeah and you just come in as a dude and yeah and just connect with like-minded people is is kind of like our next um, passion project, if you will. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to to stuff like that, man. Yeah, let me know, man. If you're ever out here, I'll show up happily. Like, yeah, come out. And yeah, do whatever I can. I don't know. Yeah, you, I mean, you mentioned like you mentioned that whole, you know, the the 
issue with the when you were not taking your um excuse me your meds and, mm-hmm. and like it and how, how it helps you and stuff like that and yeah you know i think one of the things that was difficult for me transitioning out is kind of realizing that though i'm not a combat veteran mm-hmm. and uh though you know i had to get off adhd medication in order to join the military mm-hmm. um i had i was gonna have my own you know specific set of challenges that mm-hmm. I, I wasn't gonna see coming yeah and uh and so i think a lot of guys in the military uh depending on what community they're in a lot of guys and gals get out and they're like oh i'm fine yeah you know? they, and then they're faced yeah they wildly you know I mean? underestimate the challenge of the transition that's for sure yeah um I, I mean, it, even I did, and I was older and had been around for a really mm-hmm. long time. And it's probably arguably worse for a guy like me that's like, I'm institutionalized. I was just about to say that, dude. I was yeah. like, you're, you're, you're probably the worst case scenario because you've done decades <laughs> in, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, so like, you have to. Th- yeah. yeah I, I just feel like young kids getting out, like you're in your early 20s, you still think you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof and all that other stuff. And it's like, for me, that all that had been dispelled, like, and I knew I had mental health issues, and I still fumbled the bag. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, I, I can only imagine what like, like young people hopefully don't have as much scar tissue. I feel, but I still feel like no one gets away scot free. So it's like you're gonna go into that wild transition with all that scar tissue and just be completely oblivious. You know what I mean? And and right. not do anything to deal with it, and that can be real dangerous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, it's, it's good that we have more of the, um, the conversations about it. And uh, to some people's, you know, I get, I get a lot of, a lot of people giving me the the flavor of, you know, it's just kind of, I get that people have issues, but it's just still kind of being weak and not handling your business and all that. And like, that's hey, so man, stupid, dude. Like that's that's like to me that's like a mission oriented mindset, right? Like uh yeah. if I'm if I'm operating, you know, on a boat and I need to focus in, there's mm-hmm. there's a time and place for everything, right? Right. Um and and that's when that kind of can I guess aid yeah. in your your fortitude. Um but but when it comes to being at home with your family, like amongst mm-hmm. your 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 kids and your wife and uh transitioning and trying to be like say for example you go to college and now you're working Mm -hmm. with the new generation of young people who are coming up and you're you're trying to what i guess the word is assimilate or something like that just right be amongst right that (laughs) mindset isn't gonna it's not it's not even like the reason it doesn't make sense is is exactly what you just said like it was like when i'm on the boat and doing the thing right or i'm even like at any command and i'm responsible for all this stuff and i'm doing the thing it's like i'm i'm like spending like i'm making expenditures of myself and i'm demanding a lot of myself and so that idea of like oh well you're just being weak it's like no i'm being human because when i'm there like i was the guy that thought i was 10 feet tall and bulletproof until i wasn't right until I got mm-hmm. sick and then had anxiety mm-hmm. issues and insomnia and then all like it just snowballed. But it's like I was doing that that until the wheels fell off the wagon. Like I thought I had broader shoulders than everybody else. I thought I was more resilient than everybody else. I thought I was just like <laughs> mentally tough and all that crap that that oh. people think. And it wasn't it wasn't that I looked at people as weak if they needed to seek mental health. I just thought I was built different. 
And then I found out I wasn't, you know, because I was redlining for way too long and eventually it all blew up, you know? And it's like, it's, if, if I was doing it in a healthy way, I would have like taken time off and like, uh, especially like on shore duty, I wouldn't have been like go redlining the whole time. Um, right. Yeah. And like sought mental health treatment earlier and balanced myself out, rec- hopefully recognized the issues that I had earlier and dealt with them and pushed back more and said no to things more and, and whatever. But it was like, I was assimilating into the culture that I was in, just like he said, right? Like the, the military culture. And so I, I thought the move was to just work harder than everyone else and to um, even like plug gaps and pull other people's weight because I could. And it was like, I, I felt a responsibility to like fill leadership gaps when I saw them because I could. And it's like, mm-hmm. how could I walk past that and not do anything? But then it that all adds up to I'm spending all the time, spending all the time, spending all the time. And now I'm in debt and now I'm in debt and now I'm in irrecoverable debt and now I'm bankrupt and uh, the wheels are falling off the wagon. So it's not, mm-hmm. there's not a single one of those geniuses that say stuff like that out loud that could do what I did or do what a lot of other people do and not implode. You know what I mean? It's like, it just eventually it's going to happen, you know? And it's like, it work that way. Yeah. It's and, and there, but the, the sentiment of like when you're there and you're doing the thing that you need to like buckle down and focus in and, and do the damn thing. Like there's some accuracy to that statement, but it's not a hundred percent of the time. And whatever's going on in a person's life it's like if they're having acute mental health issues that whole concept goes out the window because you have to be starting from like a healthy stable footing to be able to lock in and spend right and then there needs to be a recovery cycle at the end right where it's like Mm -hmm. like you have some downtime and you're just kind of like doing the bare minimum because it's a recovery period and then you go into like a training workup cycle and then you deploy and you're spending right that's what it mm-hmm. should be. But you like all of us, like we're just like, I seen this meme the other day where it was just like a picture of a guy where he joins the Navy. And then it was like a, I think it's like a possum and it just goes, ah, and then like four <laughs> years later, it's me like all burned out and stuff. And it's like, like that whole four years in the middle is all of us just white knuckling it going, ah, and then like, <laughs> and then it's over. And it's like, that's not what you, no one can do that. And get away yeah. without like significant scars issues and battle scars. Yeah, yeah. If not completely fall apart before it's even over. You know what I mean? And that's you know, so, like I, that's not weakness. That's just the human I, condition. I think it's like, you know, to talking about like when you first show up and you're white knuckling it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> being like being able to to discern the moments that you have to put on that mission mindset is Ooh. is the skill that i think is is the key that big ticket item because yeah. and it's funny because like i think like the i think leadership i think one, one of the reasons why i'm so um i'm so inclined to kind of like talk about leadership or be more interested in leadership Ooh. um is because i think leadership is just an another way of of talking about the project that is you you know yeah. Um, and, and that definitely has to do with your mental health because, Mm -hmm. you know, you looking at the project that is you and deciding, you know, what things need to be cut out, what things need to be, uh, to be improved upon, um, all of those things play into affecting your overall mental health. 
and yeah. being able to understand when you should have that mission mindset uh and when you need to recognize like when you when you should recognize um I'm not the man I need to be for my man or woman that I need to be for my family right now mm-hmm. or for my friend or for my brother or sister or for my shipmate. Right. Like that, that is all, like it's all wrapped up in one, one package. And it's like crazy because like you said, if you're starting from, from debt, then, mm-hmm. then all of that stuff is kind of half-assed when you start to try yeah. to like, you know, employ well, it's it in, dangerous, your, in your workspace. Man. It's, yeah, dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's super dangerous. It's dangerous for the person like that's ignoring a mental health issue and letting it fester. Obviously, it's still, like it's dangerous to that person themselves because you can go to a dark place and then you know you mm-hmm. get, become suicidal, et cetera. Right. But yeah. when you're thinking about it just from like a military mission accomplishment perspective, like how how dare you like purposefully ignore that kind of stuff? Because if you're not in a great space, like if you're not um locked in and mission focused and everything else like i need you to go get that help because if you're if you're there when the 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 fire breaks out and you're the person that's closest and you freak out and have a meltdown and don't do the thing that we need you to do in that moment people are gonna die and so it's like and I, i'm not putting the responsibility so much on that person like it's like oh it's your fault that you didn't deal with your mental health issue i'm just saying like us as an organization or even us just having that mindset and trying to like give people a hard time or tell them that they're weak or any of that other ignorant stuff. It's like, no, like I want that person to be a hundred percent because I'm going to go underwater on a steel tube and I want to come back. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't want anyone that's compromised or starting from like a place uh, like of a deficit. Right. To, to then be that close to the going over the edge. Like, no, like I want you to be, fully there let me share this this story i don't know if i shared it on on even my show so this might be a first hell yeah um, a d-guts exclusive a d-guts exclusive yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't have any so, cool graphics <laughs> um i i had a i had an anxiety attack or a panic attack whatever mm. doc called it uh, yeah. on deployment and i i fucking i didn't see it coming like you're yeah. telling me hey party mm-hmm. you're gonna fucking have an anxiety attack uh driving the boat i'd be like get the fuck out of here like yeah <laughs> no it's not gonna happen um and uh you know I, it's it's like a normal a normal day get up for watch rotation eat chow climb up the middle level passageway ladder like into nav space mm-hmm. go through the back of control go relieve the watch yep sit down in that chair and as soon as I sit down, you know, people are relieving the watch. My, you know, ship control party is relieving the watch, whatever. And I'm looking around and it just like hits me out of nowhere. Heart starts beating fast. Yeah. I kind of feel like my chest is tightening. This like, mm-hmm. it feels like I yep. can't, it feels like somebody is caving in my chest or an elephant is standing on it all at the same time, whatever yeah. the case may be. I'm like super electric feeling and mm-hmm. I start getting tunnel vision mm-hmm. and I'm like, Every, like I'm like yo and I'm like saying like yo something's wrong something like what and I'm like something's wrong and I'm like don't know what the fuck's going on yeah I've never experienced this before yeah um and they start they're you know, give me hey yeah what you know stop playing around like is something really wrong? and I'm like I, yeah. I don't fucking know I don't know I don't know yeah, yeah. and uh someone relieves me and they're like go see doc so I go see yeah. doc and I'm telling him he's like part him you just you just had a panic attack and yeah. I was like 
what? And so the reason I share that story is because in that time, I thought I was stone cold in the sense that I would wake up at 3.30 every fucking morning and I would go to the gym just so I could get in a good workout before work and be sure that I was an hour early so I was never late. Yeah. Because I was tired of people in my division being late. I want I wanted to set an example. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be that guy that showed up late. I wanted yeah. that we, you know, I think at some point we were chiefless or something like that. And I wanted to lead the division. Mm-hmm. So I would just get up early, show up to work, do that. I would work, write down our liberty dependent items at the beginning of the day, set all that stuff in motion. And then come home, work out again, be with my wife and do the dog thing, sit down on the mm-hmm. couch, watch some TV, be in bed again by 8 30, 9 o'clock. Dang. And I did that. That was my okay, zone Jocko, for like, calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. That was dude, <laughs> I was that's a dude, lot, dude. I wish I had it that. Was. I was always like everything else just fell off and it was just work. Like I was the same way in a lot of ways. I just, yeah. I would let my health and fitness and everything just go off the rails. Like shore duty, I would get in good shape. And then when I got back to a boat, everything got jettisoned yeah. and all I would do is work. And then yeah. it, it wasn't the entire time that I had that, uh, that kind of schedule mentality, but towards yeah. the end I was getting, I was, fo- I was driven, right. I was trying to get to mm-hmm. a different area in the Navy. So I was like, fo- yeah. I was focused and, um, and that was like, I had, I had, uh, kind of iterations of that lifestyle before deployment. Um, when I would get focused, it'd be like a, a swell mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, um, anyway, all that to say, I thought I was fucking stone cold, man. I thought like I would square away myself and and do all these things and and handle what I needed to handle, and that that shit wouldn't happen to me. Like, yeah, it was fuck. There's pressure on the boat. Yeah, people talk shit about you. Yeah, you make some mistakes that you you're embarrassed about and that you wish never fucking happened. But it was like I was locking it down, steel trap kind of thing. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm I'm doing what I need to do, and I'm I'm being that guy, right? Yeah. And then boom, that that happened. Yeah. And then it like really was like a wake up moment to like, uh, I might not be handling this pressure as good as I thought <laughs> I was, right? Yeah. And then yeah. and then I start to notice like the cracks, like you know, um, Armand Owens talks about. He references the, uh, the what's it the, kin kin oh, I can't remember. It's that Japanese term for like the cracks in. Um, oh God, in a dish or something. Yeah, like I know what you're talking about, but I don't you... know. I don't know the word. Yeah, well, I'm starting to see all these these kind of cracks, mm. you know, and uh, and oh, I'm not being the best boyfriend at the time or fiance mm. at the time yeah. uh, or husband that I thought I was being because when I really opened my eyes, uh, our relationship is not what she thought it would be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Dude, if, uh, I, if it, I had met and my I'm getting, wife, I'm getting a little bit real. I'm getting a little bit real, so yeah. I apologize if that's no, you're too fine, real. You're fine. No, dude, I I talk openly about my mental health and all the other stuff, so it's like, yeah. yeah I'd, if I had met my wife ten years earlier, I bet you I'd be a CMC right now, because like, and, and well, I say that because I never had anything to like put like I didn't have a mirror in front of me ever like saying mm-hmm. like where there's like an input and then a response for you and your girlfriend or fiance at the time right so mm-hmm. it's like 
when I had all my issues, I got, so I got through cancer treatment because it was happening. Like I always say like the, when I started radiation that like pulled the pin on the grenade of all my anxiety, insomnia and all those issues. Right. And then it got Mm -hmm. worse for some other reasons, but it's like, when that happened, it was like, I got a pass because I was going through cancer treatment. So like, of course I'm in a bad mood. Of Of course I'm irritable. Of course I'm not fun to be around. But then um, when I got done with radiation and like healed up to a point where I shouldn't have really been doing like I was fatigued a little still, but like I should have been kind of back to normal. And I wasn't. I was still just a not fun person to be around and snapping at my wife and snapping at everyone else. And I just I would get mad at everything like like stub my toe and put my head through the wall. You know, like I couldn't. Everything was pissing me off. Right. And she's the one that said hey, you need to do something about this. And I was just like, I have this fear from like, not that like my previous marriage was a dumpster fire, that it was a toxic relationship I needed to get out of. But I just have it wired into me that like, I'm not going to let the military destroy my family life ever again. You know what I mean? Because that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened. I mean, it's a long story. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. So as soon as she said that, I was like, okay, went and talked to my IDC and went right into therapy. And then thank God I was in therapy when the other stuff happened. Cause that's when I got on meds and I was Lindu for a while and whatever. But like, if that, if, if a decade earlier I had been with my wife and she was like, Hey, you need to do something about that. I would have. Yeah. And then I probably yeah. would have been a lot healthier and had a lot more ability to manage my stress and anxiety levels and all that crap. I probably would have more aggressively attacked my sleep apnea and all the other sleep issues that I have and maybe have been like a much more healthy, happy, balanced out human and leader. So that when I got to that point and I'm at group and maybe I don't get cancer, I don't know. Like they, the, um, they can't tell you why, but like the, um, what are they called? The oncology people were like, dude, Mm -hmm. the only risk factor you have is just, off the charts work-related stress so like mm-hmm. probably that <laughs> like they're like it's the there's only, no other I'm, place like a submarine let me dude tell you. well because i've always been a fitness guy i've always eaten healthy i've always um taken pretty good care of myself so it's just like mm-hmm. I, I don't smoke i don't really drink i stopped drinking when i was about 24 um and i mean mm-hmm. occasionally like i don't not ever drink but like it's like once a year maybe um, and I don't get trashed. Like I was partying until I was like 24 and then I just stopped. So, and I've never smoked. I've never like after 24, I don't drink, um, you know, fitness, healthy, blah, blah, blah. So it's like the only risk factor I had was that. And it was just like, if I had dealt with it better earlier, um, yeah, I might still be doing the damn thing. I don't know. Like, I'm not mad. About yeah. I mean, I'm at to, either, but to, to that point, I think that like you said, if, if things like that had happened earlier, you might Ooh. still be doing it. One of the, one of the biggest reasons why I ended up kind of throwing up the deuces was because yeah, I was going to ask we weren't like, why? Yeah. Yeah. We weren't at a good spot at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was screened and selected for URND, which would have had me oh, God. Know, on a special boat. Oh God, and, <laughs> bro. Yeah, <laughs> you would have been gone all the time that would not you would have your your relationship would have ended i guarantee it if you were in a bad spot on a regular fast boat and you were going to go from that fast boat to urnd which is the debt that goes underway with the jimmy carter ask me how i know like holy jesus yeah like you would not have survived that 
Yeah, I got Good I got a grief. contact when I was <laughs> when I was going through screening um yeah. for NSW support and uh he was like, Hey, I got a contact at the place you said you were going. Do you wanna mm. just talk to him and see what you can find out about Yo. the job? And I was like, Yeah, so I did and literally had the dude on speakerphone. We were standing in the kitchen. I'll never forget this shit, man. We were standing in the kitchen <laughs> in our apartment in Ghent and in, in Norfolk and uh I had him on the phone, I was like, I know you can't tell me shit, man. But yeah. quality of life, what can we expect? We're excited about going to Washington. We're excited Bad. about that area. <laughs> and he was like, bro. You're never going to see it. <laughs> you won't be here. Period. Yeah, yeah. And comms, there are no comms. Are nope. you kidding Your me? Your wife could send no. you a family gram once in a while. End of end of list. Like <laughs> Exactly. And so I was like, <laughs> we looked at each other and it was just like one of those things like, Nah. It was like we had that shared look. Yeah. We didn't have to say the words. It's like if if this really? ha- if I do this, we're, we're done. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, you know, to the whole point of like your your mental health and 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 being able to discern the appropriate times to put on that that game face. Like yeah. that's that's something that I think isn't talked about enough with junior sailors to to the to the point that my the guy that I was talking to earlier on test up page I served with. He was talking about let's talk about junior sailors more in mental health. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a hundred percent, we should, we should absolutely talk about that because like you were, your, your whole thing is like, where are we getting our, why is leadership so such an afterthought to where Ooh. it's like an unfixable problem? Yeah. You know, why is, why is that whole package leadership, mental health, you know, just kind of being an overall productive, healthy person, such right. an afterthought to where you're not even talking about it where you should be at your most junior level. And and that helps set up your guys to be more efficient and productive well, as they progress through the ranks, I think. What's so. interesting is nowadays they kind of are. Um, there's the warrior toughness program is something that they came up with and it starts at boot camp and it's it teaches them tools to deal with those stressful moments um, and to recognize when they need to um, like vent to a friend or uh they give them like all these other tools too because it basically the program it, it, and i'm don't quote me on this like i'm remembering it from a while back when i like watched the videos and read the source material but like it's like uh it was a, a special operator master chief so like a seal master chief uh chaplain and i want to say like a psychologist um that might be it i think it was those three primarily that that uh, developed the program and it was trying to build act like the actual operational toughness from the seals point of view, right. Having gone through like uh, probably the most unimaginable stress that you can, (laughs) if you haven't Mm -hmm. actually done it in the military, um, both in training and in real life career moments. Right. And then you have like the mental health aspect and then this like spiritual aspect. So they're, and they were teaching them these like tools for coping with the stress and doing it productively and recognizing when they're having a problem and helping them deal with, um, you know, just like what they're going to encounter in the military. Right. It's, it's hard everywhere, but then what frustrates me the most though, is, is I don't think there is like, I think that's a good thing, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. that giving them those tools is super valuable, but I, what I don't think can happen is there's no amount of tools or mental health resources in general, like a capacity at mental health via providers and, and everything else. 
I don't think there's a, a, a volume of those resources that can outpace the acute mental health issues we have until leadership gets fixed. Because right. everything we do, if leadership was perfect, everything we do in the military would still be super hard and super stressful. So like it's already, you're already operating at this really high level of stress and it's already extremely demanding. And then when you layer on top of that, somebody actively annihilating your sense of belonging and self-worth and everything else because they're horrifically bad at leading people and understanding people's needs and meeting them, then that's that's where you get just this exponential like just this leadership incompetence mushroom cloud where it's like, you're just never going to be able to outpace that with any form of mental health resources. And so that's mm -hmm. what kills me the most is like, you need to address that first. And it's not just going to fix mental health. It's going to fix all kinds of stuff. Like it's going to fix uh, like your retention and recruiting issue. It's going to fix mm -hmm. military sexual trauma and, and sexual harassment and sexual assault and, and all these other things, right? But And it's not, they're never going to go away, but they're not going to be these just like epidemics where it's like they're, yeah. they're outpacing. You're going to be far better them. off yeah. Than, yeah. than you are now. Yeah, sure. they're, they're going to be infinitely more manageable by the mechanisms we have in place to manage them. And it's like mm -hmm. the, they shrug their shoulders and wonder why suicide rates go up. And they're probably just like bewildered at the recruitment and retention numbers right now. And it's like, but then you like you go on Reddit or you listen to a guy like me or you or you go on, you know, some other platform like Discord and ask the question, you'll get a hundred answers that are in the same vein. And like, we're all on the same page. Like, we know why. How do you not know why? Like, are you not listening? Yeah. Are you not paying attention? Yeah, like what are you not asking us? Are you right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I'll never, I'll never understand, man. Like, and, and that's like, they're, they're making productive steps and they're creating tools that are valuable. But in the, when you add it all up, like at the end of the equation, it just never balances, man. Like it's never going to yeah. balance until they fix leadership. And there doesn't seem to be an enormous appetite to do that. I am encouraged by the NLEC ELD stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think we can do a lot more, but like the, it's not, we don't even know the impact NLEC ELD is going to make yet because they're not mm -hmm. being leveraged. Like it's, we don't have the throughput right now. And they're like, they're another productive step is making it mandatory for, but they, when they make it mandatory and link it to advancement and we exist in this quota driven system. And especially when we're having issues with recruitment and retention, it's like the quota driven system is going to win every time. Somebody's got to go to see in that position. So they're going to promote people no matter what. So if we don't have yeah. enough throughput in the school, they're just going to waive the requirement because we have to promote people. And it's like, I saw this unfold in real time at the chiefs board when I was there for a different reason. Like we had made this qual mandatory, like it was back in like 2018. I think we established this uh, leading culinary specialist and leading logistics specialist uh, qualification and you get an NEC. You have to like do a bunch of stuff and then you had to go do a board with your ISIC. So it was like they were trying. And the reason they were doing this is because guys like me were going out and doing SMIs on boats and they all were doing horrifically. Not all, but like pretty much all. Like the trend was yeah. horrific. They were outliers, but they were few and far between. And there were there were more outliers than there were people just like 
operating at like slightly above average. That was what was bizarre about it. the average was below the the minimum required standard, and then you had outliers that oh, were doing wow. a really good job. It was it was bizarre. So that's where what drove the creation of those qualifications. So they made it mandatory. It was in our enlisted career path, which is like the source document for the advancement criteria at the Chiefs board. It was in there as yeah. fully qualified criteria, which means like you do not pass go. You do not collect $100 unless you're qualified this thing. And that's just so that we'll consider you for advancement, right? That's that's how they wrote it. Is it's like it's a fully qualified criteria, which means it's like the bare minimum required criteria is thou shalt be mm -hmm. qualified these things. Nobody right. was qualified. Like we had like it was like forty five quotas or something. I bet you I saw like six or eight records where the guy was qualified. Or like at this time there wasn't any female enlisted. Jeez. I don't think, but there was like nobody was qualified and i'm i'm there like hey source document says they got to be qualified so like it looks like we're only making eight chiefs and even then it's like maybe we don't make them either because maybe they're qualified leading cs but the rest of their record is horrific so it's like just right, because yeah. you meet the fully qualified criteria doesn't mean you're going to promote so dude it was and it was just a train wreck and so what ended up happening is people just ignored it and I'm like freaking out in the back of the room. Like, what is happening? Like, we just briefed this as the minimum, like the bare minimum required criteria. Like, so there are people briefing records as the guy's a superstar. And I'm like, hey, are they qualified or not? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then what are we then talking are we about? Having the yeah. Right. Like, they shouldn't even have a, a good grade. They should all just be like, next record. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, that's yeah. just, we, I didn't create this, this red line, but it exists. So I'm just like, right, we yeah. got, are we not going to adhere to the standard? All right, neat. And that, that's, what's always going to happen in those quota driven systems. So it's, it's, I'm optimistic. Like it's definitely a big win, um, in general that they're even doing anything and they are putting some resources into it. Um, there's, like I didn't, I didn't know this at the time, but like during that podcast, they told me uh, there's 50 permanent khaki staff members at there's an Inlick site in Damnak and there's an Inlick site in San Diego, and both of them have 50 permanently assigned khakis, and their only job is to facilitate those classes, which is insane. I mean, they can run 18 classes at a time, and right now mm -hmm. they're only doing like 12, maybe. Um, because they don't have enough people signing up, especially junior people, which is, I mean, arguably the most important. I, I mean, you could go back and forth about yeah. that for different reasons, but yeah, it's like it, they they're they're trying. I don't love the way that they rolled it out, and and you know the pandemic being the like COVID kind of ate it, no matter what. But I don't I like because I wish there was a lot more online resources. They're trying to do most of it in real life, which I applaud. But the way mm. that they're doing it is like you either have to go to those two places or you have to have locally qualified facilitators that have primary duties that have nothing to do with this and collateral duties that have nothing to do with this and other demands on their time that have nothing to do with this. They stand. Do they have to stuff. be they have to be military personnel right now? They do. Yeah. Which I think is one of their one of their biggest issues is like why we're not. Yeah, why we're not hiring people like me as contractors, I will never know. Because if yeah. you hired me to f to facilitate those things full time, just me, I could facilitate yeah. how one class a day at five days a week. Well, I mean, they're they're like three and five days long, I think. So, you know, yeah. I could do a couple classes a week, 
But like, yeah, I mean, like you'd hire a handful of dudes like me that I have nothing else mm-hmm. to do but facilitate this. It's like, and I don't even need like an office or nothing, man. Like I can work from yeah. home and then just show up to a classroom in some building that they are letting me use, which is their current model. There, there's outside of Damn Neck and San Diego, there's no other like permanent sites. So it's like when you're facilitating these classes, the local people just have to find somewhere to do it and book that mm-hmm. room or whatever, which like we have the OCAB building here. We have uh, t- uh, TTF, the Trident Training Facility. There's all kinds of places for for me to do it. So it's like just hire people like me and I'll work remote until I need to facilitate a class and then I'll go on base, facilitate the class. Like, and yeah, there's a ton 100%. of places to do it. So it's like, yeah, I the, leveraging retirees, especially, but just veterans in general. I don't, I don't understand why that's not a thing. And, and it's like, yeah. there's, cause there's plenty of people like me out there that like, and especially like I, I point at guys like my cobs, right? Like I have a cob locally. He's the guy that pinned me to master chief. He was my cob on Carter. Great dude. And he's like, he works at the shipyard locally. Right. Um, but it's like if you gave him the opportunity to access sailors and mentor them and teach them leadership, like he'd probably take a pay cut like that dude. Mm. Not only is he like a ridiculously valuable resource for his level of knowledge and experience, but also like he loves it like he mm-hmm. I brought him in. I'll never forget, man. Like when I was a senior chief, I just checked into my last submarine. I brought him in to do like, I mean, it was CPO 365 at phase one at the time, but like Sailor 360, basically like the just leadership training for first classes. I brought him into the OCAB as a guest. I had to get him a badge and stuff. He was already retired. I brought him in as a guest to to do the training. I had probably 50 first classes in a classroom. Every one of them was just riveted. Like Mm -hmm. even me, man, I get on the edge of my seat listening to the dude talk and it's like he got done and these first classes were just like over the moon super grateful shaking his hand doing all this stuff talking to him a little bit afterwards then we were done when i was walking him out of the building which takes 30 seconds he probably thanked me half a dozen times he was so pumped to have had that access to sailors and be cob again basically and like Mm -hmm. just get to do that type of leadership development and he was you know he was over the moon the thing about that is, too, is like, you know, I was talking to some people about like the issues with, you know, the, the worst case scenario that happened to an active duty service member or, or veteran. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the the reaction. Let's let's do a brief, guys. Let's do a stand down. Let's make a mental health book, health playbook. And it's like, you know, your guys get shut down because it's it immediately comes top down. Right. It yeah. immediately comes from a guy in uniform that is in charge of my quality of life or my liberty telling me what I need to know about how to not be sad. And I'm, 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 my ears are off now, right? Like a hundred percent. As soon as I smell that it's coming, my ears turn off. I shut Uh down. I'm not, I'm not receptive, but your guys can still take care of your guys in the Mm -hmm. form of that gentleman and other veterans, retirees, and right. I, like you said, most of us are willing to and want to be. Yeah. It's like the advent of like, I'm not wearing a uniform anymore. Right. I know what it was like. And I care about you. I, yeah. I want to I wanna help you. So utilize the people that are out there willing to help. And also you like I mean? the the I, I started the podcast without video and without my face and name on it. And one of the primary reasons was 
a fear of like immediately losing all credibility if the people I was targeting were able to attribute my motivation for doing it to anything besides me trying to help them. And so like I had I that's why one of the biggest reasons why I s- just kept it completely sanitized of like any identifying stuff. And it's not like you couldn't have fleet temp stock me and figured it out. It was just I didn't I made I made it so it couldn't be a look at me project. And yeah. um, I think the the idea of hiring retirees and, and veterans is like it works for that reason, too, because like me coming into that environment and facilitating one of those classes, like, why am I doing it? Like, yeah, I'll be getting paid to do it, but also like. I it's not you can't attribute it to like oh this dude's just doing this for an eval bullet you know what I mean like there there's a lot of if you're paying attention at all as like a a first class that's board eligible you the like the the Navy through precepts encourages participation in all these organizations and trainings and whatever um, as part of like your promotion criteria they want to see on your eval like I just did a record review uh, right before we started this and I'm going through and I'm looking for like first class petty officer association involvement because that's on the ECP. That's something they're looking for, right? Sailor 360 involvement and not just like showing up, like helping facilitate or coordinate or leading the training or whatever. And um, so, so the people on the receiving end of that, if they're paying attention can, can then flip that and be like, Oh, you're just doing this because it's in, in the ECP and the precepts and whatever. And you just want the eval bullet. Where a guy like you and I going in and facilitating a class is like, what other reason would I be doing this other than I like, like you think I can't make more money elsewhere? Like, <laughs> right. you think I can't, you think I don't have other things I could be doing with my time? Like yeah, I'm this doing this because thing we got going for us. Yeah. Like I'm doing this because I, I genuinely care about you and I want to help you. And mm-hmm. I, I like, it makes it, that, that's like another, another benefit of it is like you strip away all that crap and like, yeah, I'm a retired master chief, but I can't like tell you how to live your life or like call your command and be like, this guy did. Yeah, I guess I could. But like, who would take me seriously? You, like you I would what? hang up on me on act if I was still on active duty. <laughs> Just be like, Dude, bro, what? shut up. Go go back to the Navy Times comment section. Like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> One of the things that like gets me, man, is um, we uh, we had a tough we had a tough go. You know, you take an any operational sub and i'm sure it's the same for for a ship Mm -hmm. but you take any operational um vessel out there and you you fucking slam them into the dry dock they just come off a deployment you slam them in there they're going from you know nine thousand rpm to all stop yep and it starts to erode that crew Mm -hmm. you know um and uh, especially when think because it happens all the time, shipyards don't pan out like the availabilities mm. don't pan out how they're supposed to pan out. Yeah. One of the things that gets me every time is watching these like close guys that just got done doing God's work together. Yeah. Start to exhibit problems that you're like, dude, how, how, <laughs> what you're you're drinking a handle every night. Yeah. A handle a, every rem- night. You removed their sense of purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, and they don't got, have any yeah, on top of removing the sense of purpose. There's no healthy coping mechanisms installed no, in these like, people at all. You had dudes there that like that just start kind of. You just know that they were not that that way before, you know, yeah. you start to be yeah. like, 
you start to be like, this isn't you. Like, how the heck can I help? Can I? And you start to mention right. things like, hey, you know, I, I'm here for you, brother. Like, let's go do this. Yeah. Nah, you know, the, the drive is gone. Like, nah, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to go yeah, yeah. to the barracks room or whatever. And it's like, all, to me, all of that is like, that's why this stuff with, with the mental health issues and the suicide stuff, it's like, that's why it kind of hits me. Cause I'm like, and, and I know everybody out there in the, in the fleet, it can, can attest to something that sounds similar, right? You recognize right. that in one of your, one of your shipmates where you've been like, this guy, this guy needs, needs, this guy or gal needs some help. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to help him. But um, yeah, to, to a point you were making earlier, like, look, it's your, the guys like us that have gone through it. We, we know what we recognize it. We know what, mm-hmm. what it's like. And it, it can come from a place that's not a uniform to, 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 to that point earlier is anytime that happens and they go top down, let's have a stand on, let's have a brief. Here's, here's <laughs> how you recognize it. This is what's less. It's like, no, yeah. bro, don't have it yeah. come from there and expect like good results because right. it's just, it's not, it's not how it plans out. Right. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to listen to that person. I'm not going to listen to that. Especially if the leadership is fucked, especially because not every command yeah. is is built well, the same, right? Um, like critiques and stuff. Like uh, I've the idea behind a critique is great. Like the execution is horrific, and it's because of the people executing it. Like the the whole room just filled up with incompetent leadership trying to. Uh, figure out what went wrong, pull the lesson. Like they're in there to do a bunch of productive things. Like if you listen to, because I I used to hear about how horrific critiques were and I was never at any of them. But then I started going to them for other reasons, like uh, ship's control. Like I I was in control all the time, uh, stand and dive. So something went wrong and I was on watch or whatever, you know, Mm. I have to go in there. We did one for like battle stations drill stuff because I was the battle stations drill uh, like coordinator. I would write the drill packages, I'll insert anomalies, blah, blah, blah. So, um, when I started going to that, cause I, I never understood why everybody said they were so horrific. And then when I sat in the first one, I was just like, oh, this is like, it's, it's like watching CNN, um, watching politicians like blame each other for like everything. All it is, it's a witch hunt. Like it's not, they're mm-hmm. not in there to do the things that like the program seems to have been designed around. Because when you look, cause I've written a bunch of the like, uh, whatever it's the report afterwards that you have to write yep. um, the summary. Yeah. So I've written a bunch of those critique, summary. like summary things at the end. I forgot. I'm so happy. I'm forgetting the names of all this stuff. Like it, it makes, better, it warms yeah. my heart every time I forget <laughs> something. That's <laughs> like, better. Trust yeah. Me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the, I've written a bunch of those. And uh, when you look at like the way it's constructed, um, you can tell the program was created around really sound concepts. Like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to treat the symptom of a problem. I want to get to the root cause and I want to, I want to uh, enact corrective actions that address the root cause of the problem so that it doesn't happen again in the future. And then I want to like use these lessons learned to teach everybody so that they don't do the same thing in the future as well. Right. And, Mm. um, what actually happens in those things most of the time. And granted, this is my own experience, but I also hear this from a lot of other people is you go in there and it's just like, all right, who are we blaming? You know, like they don't say it that way, but that's in effect what is happening is like yeah. whose fault the- is it? And, and what, like, 
onerous administrative corrective action that's not actually going to fix anything it's just punishment in an, with another name yeah. like what are we going to who are we what are we going to put on that person that is to blame and it can't the possibly threat? be leadership like it can't be the yeah. co it can't be you know the exo or the officer of the deck or who you know what i mean the like it can't be the people in charge to a person instead of yeah a, a instead of an issue or right. a concept or anything right like that. yeah yeah, like we had an issue where um, somehow underneath the BCP on Ohio class submarines, there's a switch for the fairing hydraulics for the uh, one of the periscopes. I mean, they're probably both down there or maybe it was the mm. switch was for both of them. I don't remember. But somehow somebody had put their foot in the wrong place and there was no like really great protective thing in front of it and manipulated a switch they weren't supposed to. So we were I think we were coming up to PD. Mm-hmm. scope goes up and it's like cavitating and making horrific noises and stuff because we hadn't slowed down enough there's no fairing to like push the water I like so it was like oh, it was real that, sketchy d- yeah you just sent my brain in a whole bunch of possibilities <laughs> <laughs> bro it was it was ter- it was scary like, and so like uh, you lose a periscope it's like it's bad for lots of reasons and so the co comes into control starts freaking out has no idea what's actually going on um, and in his uh, uninformed stupor, as as his career is flashing before his eyes, he yeah. has them cycle the scope a bunch of times and like oh, no. doesn't understand what's going on. But he had somebody cycle the scope a bunch of times and probably did more damage to the scope by doing that and not asking any questions. Um, yeah. I was I think I was the dive at the time I was in control. I know that. And I my. LSC was the chief of the watch. So he got relieved from watch standing because the CO warped the whole situation before any like fact finding before we even knew why the fairing didn't go up. It was this dude's fault because like when you're standing there, like we don't have control of the scope, a big hydraulic ring, right? Like, so the the scope operator is the one making it go up and down. But we announce like uh, number two scope coming up and we're watching yeah. the indication. It's intermediate. And then when it's fully raised, number two scope or number one scope's fully raised. Right. Yeah. So it's just monitoring and letting them know that the indication says what it's supposed to. Right. And there's reasons. Right. Like I need to know it's fully raised or not. And because mm-hmm. and so then they got into this weird like um, they were go arguing about the vernacular used and what does the book say and all this other stuff because they were trying to argue that the indication um like somehow tells us that the scope and the fairing both like it tells us the positions of both and it doesn't it just said it's labeled number two scope and it has it has lowered intermediate and up and so i'm just like so they're trying to make the argument that because like he was they were asking him like well did it say fully raised and he first he was like i don't know like i think so I don't like and did well did you make i like i don't remember every report i make during an eight-hour watch like i and you do that a bunch of, like we went to PD like twice during that watch. So I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. And so, um, but he like rolled it all up and hung it around his neck and like removed him from watch standing, made him do an upgrade, all this other stuff. And I'm like, we're going to talk about how you came into control, didn't ask any questions and cycled the scope a bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> like we're going to talk about that. Take the con, sir. Uh, yeah. And, and, and then, uh, when, uh, they found out what it was and it was like, it was somebody accidentally manipulated a switch like it's and then we fabricated a plexiglass cover for it and problem solved. So really yeah. all it had to be was like, well, what happened? Oh, the switch got manipulated by accident. All right, let's make a plexiglass cover for that. 
When and you then, say like, switch, are you talking about the uh, the hydraulic valve? No, it was like you know those like metal switches that you, they're spring loaded. You have to like pull them yeah. out and down or whatever. Mm-hmm. It had it was one of oh, those. There was yeah. this on Ohio class submarines under the BCP. There's this big huge panel. I mean, there's like fifty mm-hmm. of those things on there for mm-hmm. a million different things. Um, yeah. But it, I guess it was the hydraulics to the fairing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if that's exact. Maybe it was like a circuit that actuated the hydraulics. That would probably make more sense. It wasn't a valve, like a proper valve. Right. It was just like a, right, one of those right. little spring loaded switches. But yeah, it was like it, the whole thing was just like a witch hunt. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. like, why? Like, why are we even? Ha-? And the whole time, like, even our Cobb and XO were just like this, looking at the CO with skeptical hippo eyes. Like, like, dude, yeah. like you did a bunch of stuff wrong. So it was interesting to watch the critique unfold because the Cobb and the XO kind of kept like very subtly and diplomatically pushing stuff, pushing back against what the CO was saying because he wanted to hang this guy. And it was just yeah. like, for what? Like, what did he do? He didn't even manipulate the switch. Like, it was like, I mean, it was the whole thing. You can and, control and the, what you can control, right? That's, right. You got to recognize that. And even if, he, let's say, let's say this dude accident was the guy that accidentally put it, like, hit the switch with his foot and somehow manipulate. Like, okay. Like, there's no cover on the panel. He's got to put his feet somewhere. They're literally right next to his feet. Like, I mean, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, I... it's it's human error like it was a Mm -hmm. effectively like a design error and we put a plexiglass cover on it so it wouldn't happen again the end you know and do Mm -hmm. training with everybody hey like be aware of all these but then they like they go high into the right with everything and they try but like the primary issue i have with it is it's it's a blame game like they're not really Mm -hmm. trying to fix anything they just want to blame somebody make them do an upgrade and then move on with life because it can't possibly be the CEO's fault. It can't possibly be the Cobb's fault. It can't possibly be the, you know, offset X fault. Who knows? Like what, depending on what we're talking yeah. about, like it can't possibly be leadership's fault. No, no. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be the fault of some underling that we can blame council labor owners, correct actions on top of and move on with life and be like, look, we fixed it. And it's like, what did well, you that's fix? Why I think I like the, I like the idea of uh, extreme ownership, you know, taking, yeah. taking, Taking extreme, if you had, I mean, God, in a freaking perfect world, everybody would be taking extreme ownership and everybody would be like, nah, send me, I'll go. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I um, mean, but yes and no. Like, I, I, I think a lot more of it would be great, but also like mm-hmm. the, I, I stop shorter, I think, uh, than like Jocko and, and them, their, their kind of definition of extreme ownership. Like, I think leadership always has, a a level of ownership in everything that goes wrong. Right. Like, because Mm -hmm. there's always, even, even like the, the, the fun one that people like to uh, talk about on the internet is like, if you, one of your sailors gets a DUI, it's your fault. Right. And it's like, how the, Mm -hmm. how, how, How and it's like, but all I look at, I look at each situation. It's like the scale just slants in one way or the other. Right. So like one of my sailors getting a DUI after we've just like belabored the point a million times and Uber exists and like all these other things. It's like, how much accountability do I have there? Like I have some for sure. I failed to communicate or, or lead the sailor in some type of a way where they didn't think to call me, which I've told them they can do. And I won't even tell anybody there's a safe ride home program. There's Uber and Lyft. There's a million ways to navigate this without getting a DUI. And you made some brain dead choices. So most of the accountability. Yeah. Like that's one where 
the sailor is going to is going to bear the brunt of the blame for that one. But I'm still going to be sitting. I'm still going to be sitting there thinking about what could I have done differently? Right. Like, how could I have? That's what I mean is like when when I say extreme ownership top down, I mean, like, I'm not saying that you have to go crucify yourself because you were trying to take ownership for or stuff you don't have bro you've cursed so many times at this point don't even try i'm (laughs) i'm noting them all like and i'm gonna try to catch them all but like don't don't start now we're an hour plus into this thing yeah um (laughs) i appreciate the thought but like it's too late it's so it's so funny that the f word comes to me second nature but i say (laughs) the s word and i'm like "Ah." oh Um, that's the one that's the one that's because you know i draw the line it's up (laughs) (laughs) um no, it's, uh, yeah, like stuff stuff that you can't control. But like with extreme ownership, I think that just thinking to yourself, it's like for me, it's more of like that. Make your ingrain your second nature to not be the blame game, yeah, but yeah. the blame game, but ingrain in your second nature to right. take accountability. Like what part yeah. of this did I have to play? You know, what right. I mean? That should Understand be the that you first can't question. control everything. Yeah, that but, should be the first question you ask as a leader when something goes wrong. Right. Is like, what role did I play in this? It's almost like you're you're le- like leading up to any accountability. Like you, the first thing you got to ask, like you, it's like you got to disqualify all these other things. Like, um, mm-hmm. w- what what could I have done if anything to prevent this from happening? And so, like, w- were they fully trained and qualified? Were they? Did they mm-hmm. know that this could go this way? did like was there some type of fail safe that wasn't in place or like some type of redundancy we did yeah like there's all these things you got to like work through as a leader and it's like and even if you're if you successfully navigate all of like the um the objective criteria there's still the subjective like i still could have been better you know and maybe there's Mm -hmm. something that i could have done maybe i didn't have the tool yet And that's something that is on me and I need to work on myself so that next time I have that tool to avoid this, like then I can like develop that sailor in that way. And then this thing doesn't happen. But then like, if I've done all that and, and there's still, you know, like I get to the place of like, no, like I I did everything and they were qualified and they were trained and they were aware because at some point people just make decisions that like i i can't i don't have mind control over them so yeah, i can't, can't live people's lives for them right so eventually they're gonna use their free will to make a decision and there's going to be consequences to that decision and if i've done my job the right way and as as well as i possibly can then that like extreme ownership from the leadership accountability perspective is going to be more of like a um a cons a conceptual like like damn i I wasn't perfect what can i do to be better let me examine this yeah, and, and exactly. i really wish i could have like because that's i've had those conversations with people like kind of like, like what did i do wrong like i with my juniors like like hey mm-hmm. like I, did i did i not prepare you for this situation did i not give you the tools to and it's they feel like when you, it's it's you get validated when they respond like emotionally, like they let you down because it's like, they're like, no, I just made a stupid decision. You know, like, I don't know. I was, I had a moment of weakness. I made a a brain dead decision and now I got to take accountability for it. But then what you see also, if you've done your job well, is they take extreme ownership of the fact that they made a mistake and that they're going to own it and they're going to be better. And then you see this really, um, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This very like counterintuitive type response where instead of instead of them being selfish and, and getting angry and resentful that they were held accountable, you know, like like you punished me and did all these things. They get like fired up about recovering and proving everybody wrong and like uh, just mm-hmm. working their way back. And those are yeah. the ones that like I I that's where I get excited about like, oh, OK, like this was just a mistake and you got held. Ag- and like a lot of times when those things unfold that way too, the accountability process isn't as severe because you can like the people involved in those processes can tell when you have remorse and can tell when you're being authentic and honest about yeah no i'm just i i screwed up and i understand i screwed up and i knew what the the standard was and i didn't meet it and i'm ready for whatever accountability comes and to work my yeah way i had a blah 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 i had a junior sailor like that um really junior guy like a not not qualified and mm-hmm. uh, those you know trying to be uh, trying to be the i mean I can't I can't really take my brain back to that time to tell you exactly every detail of how I right. failed or was successful as a leader. But mm. as a second class trying to yeah, trying to make well, you sure were that still this guy, yeah, figuring it out, too, you know, like, yeah, right. But I got you know, I was always I always felt so. uh somewhat powerless man i was sitting there like trying to show everyone genuinely that i cared about getting um getting our our ourselves as junior sailors where we needed to go and looking out after our non-quals you know making like associations to you know because first classes had their thing and yeah and second classes i think kind of had a thing but no one really did it and then i was like okay i want (laughs) us to embrace each other all as this giant body so mm-hmm. we can all have a buy-in on, you know, we have a great triad. Let's all have a buy-in on, on what they're sipping on. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's get, let's get this mental, this mindset. Let's all get on the same page. But man, I felt at loss sometimes because yeah. you're talking about people. People are gonna, you know, have those moments where they just kind of make a bad call, um, and mm-hmm. you ask them, "Hey, man!" Like I would, I remember asking these guys. Like, I remember one dude. I was like taking him home one time because he didn't have a ride. I, had, I think I had to go get him because he didn't show up on time. No one knew where he was. It was like it was like 9 a.m. at this point, um, <laughs> and no one's heard from him. Yeah. So then I just end up going to his house, and he's like, oh, you know, my my wife or fiance, this is his wife um, of like a month or so, <laughs> um, early 20s guys wife of a month or so had like taken the taken the Camaro and I don't know where she is and she's absconded to somewhere else (laughs) who knows right like um and I'm like okay and I'm like you know he's been he was having some problems you know kind of um uh adapting uh from the very beginning and I was like Mm. you know is this could this be some of the the issue that like Mm. you're having and he's like, I mean, it's definitely stressful. He's like, but I don't think that it has anything to do with like my, my performance at work. And I'm like, well, you know, I, maybe you say that, but How I have a feeling not? that yeah. this that this is definitely going to affect your ability to recover well, like sleep. Yeah. You know, you seem to not really know where you're staying, even though you have a place like military housing. You seem to not even know if you're staying in your own military housing, you know, most nights because of whatever family situation you got at home. Um, OK. And all these things. Right. And 
when I asked him, he made a, a bad call one time and I was like, um, yo, it's like, was what I was what I was trying to do for your like your your quals and stuff like is that is that not how you want to be approached like is is there's a better way to do it? he was like no nah, man he like that this was the most like I don't want to say frustrating but it was like a helpless response that I could receive he was like no nah, everything you're doing is is fine and great and I appreciate the help man and it was like well <laughs> Well then, why aren't then you what? doing better? Like, <laughs> yeah, then then what, yeah, dude? Yeah. Like, what? How do we? And so well, that's I, always you, been kind of like my biggest yeah. like gripe with like trying to trying to learn the whole leadership thing is like you right. know, I asked some of my some of my leadership on my boat one time I was like, can you reach everybody? Like, because I feel like some people you just can't reach. You know what I so mean? So I think and I think everybody can be reached. They might not be reachable by you though, and that's the frustrating thing mm-hmm. that like because my goal was always to reach everyone too. And I wanted to like be at like the best leader for everyone that I could be and everything. But like, I've had a bunch of situations where I just wasn't the right person for the job. And and I learned over time to start, like I would start drawing on other, other resources that I had, like other leaders that I thought I was, I started to recognize in people like situationally, like uh, I think, I think you would deal better with this person instead of me. You know, like, mm-hmm. and as much as I want to be equipped to to deal with every situation and every personality and, and meet every need, it's like, I'm not always going to be the best one to communicate a certain point. Like, um, but that's, that's one of those things that gets lost in the, uh, um, like the dogma of the chief's mess, right. It's like mm-hmm. utilizing the network and all that crap where everybody like hears it like leveraging the mess and, and, uh, by our collective like resources, we can get anything done. And it's like, it gets lost in the eye rolling that comes as those types of things start to get said. But it's one of those things that's like very, very accurate and is not even a little bit exclusive to the mess. Cause there's been times where I've pushed people to like officers or junior enlisted because like, maybe they don't need to hear this from me. Like there's a bunch of times where I would use my second class LPO to get through to somebody because hearing it from a chief is, is, or a senior chief at the time, um, it's not going to get through the same way because I don't think they're going to receive anything well from a senior chief, just, just Mm -hmm. by virtue of me being a senior chief. Right. Right. And so there's, there's always going to be times where that kind of stuff's going to happen. And so I'll push them to a resource where I think it'll, it'll, uh, work better. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I think everybody's reachable, but sometimes, and sometimes they're just not ready yet. Um, like the, the ones, the one, not the one, I mean, it's the one that irked me for the most for a long time until I, I got to talk to the kid a few years ago about what had happened. Like he was one of my sailors on Jimmy Carter. It was my first chiefs tour. So I'm still, you know, like figuring it out and everybody else responded to me pretty well. Um, except this kid i just he was my rock i could not figure it out and uh i knew he was extremely immature he was very emotional um and uh i just couldn't figure out like i kept thinking to myself i'm like i'm gonna find something that works for this kid like i'm gonna find a niche like some responsibility that he'll he'll like adapt to well and and like throw himself into and start responding and being more productive and and just like meeting the minimum required standards and stuff. 
And uh, I kept working on him, kept working on him. And it just got to this point where like at one point um, he like just was going to the rack without doing everything he was supposed to be doing. And then one of my guys would come get me like, hey, he didn't do all the stuff he was supposed to do before he went off watch. So then you call him back in like and you got him out of the rack and he's throwing a temper tantrum because somebody woke him up. And it's like, well, you didn't do the thing. So start doing it. And he'd be like, I'm not doing that. It's like, yes, you are. <laughs> like, I'm not asking. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, and he'd throw a temper tantrum. And it got to the point one day where something like that happened. And he, like, basically tried to start a fight with me. And I was just like, like, one, at that point, I was so frustrated. I'm like, go ahead. I dare you. Like, I've been looking for a reason, bro. Like, go ahead. I was so frustrated. At Make the same, my like, day. Yeah, basically. And then uh, <laughs> once I realized that it, the conversation wasn't going to go anywhere and, and he wasn't going to throw a punch, then I was I went and got my department chief and just let him deal with it because I it was going to end in a fist fight. So then um, he went to a he split toured, I guess, to a, a GN and. When he was there, there was a guy from URD, the detachment that he had made chief, and now he was like a, just a division chief on that submarine. And I went mm -hmm. to Simeo school with him. And that chief was telling me, like, uh, he's doing a great job and got mapped to second and all this wild stuff. And I'm like, what? And it made me question everything. <laughs> like, I was just like, God, yeah. I must suck at this job. So then uh, I went. Well, I need to change my approach. Yeah, like, and this was, I had already went to shore duty and then now I'm back on my last submarine. So, um, that I ran into him at dental a while after, like a, maybe a year after that, uh, and talked to him a little bit. And then, uh, he wanted to do the leading CS quals and I was about to transfer to shore duty where I was the ISIC or above. I was at a group. Um, and so I could sign all the ISIC stuff on his qual card. And so he's like, can I come see you about this qual? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I came by the galley where he was working on shore duty. And uh, we did that. And then I sat down and was like, hey, man, I, I, I kind of want to ask you some stuff. And I, I we talked about it. We were, I was like, what, what about me as your chief didn't work? Um, like, what was the issue? Why didn't you respond? Because I and I explained to him, like, I heard you went to the, your next submarine and lit the world on fire. And now he's like mm -hmm. uh, first class LPO on a submarine. So he's like, he's doing really well. And he's like, uh, he basically like we I did a podcast on it. it's called Humble Pie. It's from maybe a year or two ago. Um, mm -hmm. But it's uh, he basically explained to me that it was like it was both of us. It was kind of like I was still maturing and learning as a leader, right? And my approach at the time for where he was at, because he was extremely immature and emotional and didn't understand what the Navy really was yet and first time leaving home and blah, blah, blah. Um, so he said a big part of it was he just wasn't ready to hear all that stuff. He wasn't emotionally mature enough to deal with me confronting him and calling him out on all his BS and, and pushing him to be better and holding him accountable. And then he, when he went to the next boat, his chief was telling him the same things. And that was like an aha moment for him where he was like, Oh, it wasn't him. It's like, it's me. Like I need mm. to actually listen to what he's saying. And I think he was, he, I mean, I'm, I know he was saying it differently cause he wasn't me, but like, I think he had a different style too, but he was saying a lot of the same stuff. And so it was kind of like, it was a little bit of both of us because I wasn't where I am now, but that doesn't mean that I would have necessarily had like been able to get through to him if I had him right now today I think I'd do a lot better job <laughs> but like mm -hmm. it doesn't it still doesn't mean I would have got through to him because he might just not have been ready yet and sometimes they yeah. got to cook man like they got to simmer for a while until they're 
uh, they encounter enough of those interactions to realize that because like, sometimes that's what it is. It's like they hear a bunch of different people say the same thing and they're like, oh, OK, it's not that my first chief's a dick. It's that he, like this stuff is real and I really do need to work on these things, but they need to hear it from more than one source um, or they need to hear it from a source that like I was saying before, like how with the podcast, I, I didn't want it to be able to be discounted based on a look at me project. Right. So I think a lot more people were receptive to the podcast because I did it that way. Whereas if I had had my face and name on it the whole time, there's a whole lot of people that would have never got dang master chief ball cap. <laughs> yeah. I could have been wearing like my khakis, you know, and like I would have been I like, think, I would have scrolled my mouse over to this exit yep. and been like, no, thanks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, there's a whole bunch of people that probably would have never pushed play, you know, and it's like yeah. and I still got a lot of that on Reddit, even without having any of that, those barriers. I still got a lot, oh, some senior chief is trying to teach leadership like and they would just start trolling me. But then mm -hmm. a lot of the listeners were there and they would start defending me and be like, well, you clearly haven't listened to it because this dude ain't like everyone else. So it's like it's you know, it depends on where they are and are they ready to receive and are you the it's delivering it in a way that will get through based on all the all the circumstances. It's a crazy thing, like you know, uh, hindsight being twenty twenty and yeah. uh, and and going through that because I, I I feel like as I get older now, um, as I get older, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> old, but um, as I get older, I am. I've had so <laughs> you're you're ancient. <laughs> I'm a hundred, <laughs> but as I get older, I'd, I've, I could recall the moments where I've been like, aha, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And like, yeah, and it's, and I remember the first aha when I was like a little bit in my early twenties, I was like, my dad told me this and, <laughs> and I just, yeah. if I would have, I was thinking to myself, had I not you listened yeah, to you, what he said, you told me about the walk and talk thing. Is that what you're talking about? I think uh, I did a podcast so, on that. Like you, you were playing sports you? or something and it was like, uh, oh, your dad told the, you uh, to walk and talk play the rest instead game. of, yeah, play the rest game. There you go. Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was something a little different uh, for the aha moment, but I gotcha. just remember thinking to myself, if I had just listened, like I, we had a, mm -hmm. we had a department head, we had our, our nav was like, you know, a lot of people are two things or two kinds of people. You know, like the one kind of person is the one who, learns uh by making the mistakes on themselves themselves and the other person is the one who doesn't need to make the mistakes themselves they'll just hear what other people did and they don't they just avoid it he's like i i'm that person that's and i'm true. like <laughs> like there's a million kinds of people and it's they're a gradient of that concept and there's polarities at each end and there's a million different versions as you know what i mean like sure i hate i yeah. hate like there's two kinds of way, people in the world like no, either way not. i'd rather i wish <laughs> yeah i yeah, wish yeah. i could have been the person that like didn't sure have to make yeah and learn those, th those actually lessons listen the hard way learned, right yeah because those aha moments in the future you're just like dang i heard this you know i heard this from you know from you before yeah, but yeah, now yeah. all of a sudden i'm hearing it from mm -hmm. this other guy and it's just like i think maybe if it's not going to help anything but if somebody's listening to this <laughs> and, and we could be like hey just so you know just just don't don't question or don't feel like you have to convince yourself to take the advice of someone who probably knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Just just do it. Just do it blindly and see what it gets you. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but like it, the, the reason it's so complex. Yeah. Well, the, the reason it's so complex is like sometimes 
people need to be told something and then face plant anyway by making the other choice and then being like, oh, damn, they were right. And then it like galvanizes the lesson. But then sometimes and sometimes there are lessons I can teach and people will be like, oh, wow, I don't want to do that. So then they just avoid doing that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, great success. But then, you know, like there's people that will never listen to you. There's people that I've had a bunch of listeners tell me that, like, they've been telling their sailors to do a thing a certain way and they never listen. But then when they got turned on to the podcast and I'm saying the same thing, they start doing it. And the chiefs are like, mm-hmm. what the, what changed? And they're like, oh, we were listening to this podcast. We and they're the chief, D-Guts and D-Guts, D-Guts said, and, but like, I've been in that situation too, where like I was telling them and they weren't listening, but then someone else told them and they're like, oh, that's the greatest idea ever. And they're just like, I've been saying that for years, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it just depends on the source. It depends on if they're ready to receive. It depends on how it's delivered. It depends on a lot of stuff. And so it's like, so and, and then sometimes people will tell you like a lesson learned that's complete garbage and doesn't make any sense and you should never listen to. And if you do, you're going to face plant and have to learn that they were idiots by face planting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's Essentially, like, yeah. and then that, if you get burned myself. that way. Yeah, if you get burned that way, you're going to be less likely to listen to like guys like us that are like, don't do it, you know, like because they're like, nah, I've seen this movie before. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's like it, dep- it, it all depends. And that's why it's so yeah. hard to get people to listen because like, you know, I think that I think they, that in itself is is the is a is a prime example as to why leadership discussions should be more prevalent in the military is because mm-hmm. it's not a one size fits all. It's not a. uh Hey, when you hit yeah. E3, you were at the prime stage to get this next lesson. No, it's right. it's a it should be an ongoing conversation, and it right. should be uh it should be high on the priority list for yep. uh, development uh, because you just never know when that lesson is gonna land. Yeah, and that's why I wish um I wish there was a more robust system for like like and like ELD is a great step in the right direction, and that's I don't want to turn this into an like ELD commercial, but it's like it's been no, it's fine. Uh, it's it's, it's at the forefront of my mind because I just recorded that podcast, but mm-hmm. it's um the way that they do it, they facilitate it, and it's not death by PowerPoint, it's not them talking at you, it's it's a conversation, and it's mm-hmm. that like the reason why I think it resonates with people is because they get to have a voice in it, they get to share their story and perspective and be part of the discussion and it's like a push and pull it's not it's a it's a discourse Mm -hmm. it's not like a one-way street like most training is um so it's more educational less training but the what i wish there was more of is like a a network and it could be on under the and like eld umbrella it could be under the navy community college umbrella it could be under whatever but like I wish there was like a, a network of continuing education type stuff that was, so yes, you have these milestones where they have, it's like a, I think it's a beginner, intermediate and advanced leadership courses for E6 and below. And then they have a CPO mm-hmm. leadership course for chiefs. And I think they have to attend within like the first year or two that they're a chief. And then you have the senior listed Academy. So now you have like those milestone classroom setting leadership development, uh, education points right like where you're going to be in a room you're going to have facilitated conversations and you're going to learn these things right um but i wish there was more besides just like putting out an optional cno's reading list that may or may not have good material on it i wish there was something that was curated by an educational institution uh like and like eld or the war college or senior enlisted academy or whoever amazing somebody quarterbacks curating a reading list podcast resources 
um, any, any other type of like leadership development resources that can be done like on your own self-paced, like maybe there's like actual courses that you can do that are self-paced that, you know, there's a million ways to do it with continued education, right? Do it like, (laughs) somebody sneaking into your, into your lab. (laughs) Madison's like giving me the weird uh, voyeur look through this window over here. (laughs) Hey, what up Madison? Um, (laughs) <laughs> do it like you did you would a certification right say for example you go and you you your uh you called it something different is it does it still have a ladder uh no it's it's the same basic thing they just call it an enlisted career path now you'll hear ecp okay. it's the same thing i think it so, still says ladder on it but they just call it an ecp now somebody got exactly. a, a fit rep bullet and a promotion for changing right. the name and leaving it exactly the same yeah yeah. So like do it do it like something like that where it's like you have mm-hmm. a, a database full of you know your ECP will show you hey in this database you have yeah. you know these certifications and stuff that you can get done to to be able to progress to the next thing uh, but you should c- have continued education marks in in mm-hmm. these um, but make the resources worthwhile because yeah. as soon as you yeah. say that you're like well then I just have to death by PowerPoint click through like my self guided yeah, yeah, training yeah, yeah. and no, uh, not that but but no. <laughs> make that that infrastructure that it's focusing on Mm -hmm. worthwhile right like yeah really valuable um well and it's as simple as like if you created a uh like you said call it like maybe it's an app right um Mm -hmm. like you create an app that's a gateway to a bunch of these resources so like you have a bunch of podcasts a bunch Mm -hmm. of youtube stuff a bunch of books audio books whatever um Mm -hmm. and then it's a gateway to all those things, but it also tracks your engagement with them so that you could say like, I have this many continuing education credits. Right. And so you just say right. like in between uh, like a uh, or what it would be uh, ILDC and ALDC, you have to complete a hundred hours, which I mean, this is over years, you know, like, so you have to complete a hundred hours or 50 hours or whatever. I don't know. I'm just arbitrarily calling out numbers, but like so many hours of continuing education, just meaning you have to view some YouTube videos or listen to some podcasts or whatever on your own time, whenever you feel like doing it, it doesn't matter. Like on your drive to work, you're listening to me, you're listening to Jocko, you're listening to whoever. Um, and then like, that's the continuing education part. And like, maybe insert some like um some type of like maybe discord or reddit style interactive feedback mechanism where they could like uh periodically just jump in there and it, it, i think a, like a reddit style would probably be the best because it's like thread based and it's passive go in there do it whenever you want mm-hmm. like where you're going in and and discussing with the people that are at that stage like, hey, I li- so I listened to this today. This is what I got out of it. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Um, and you're just engaging with people that are in the same place as you and then have like moderators like me or whoever, you know, like just not me literally, but like a guy like me that's a moderator for the group that just kind of checks in, you know, and is like. Well, and then have, have some buy in too, right? Like have, have these things kind of funnel into a an actual um, product that can be developed or utilized by. Yeah by big navy to say hey mm-hmm. when you guys every every bit that you contribute to these continued ed- educations continued educations um and the like to form responses we turn those into like polls or like um what do you call those um 
where they where they ask you like hey we want to we want you guys have a a a question or a a complaint about this aspect of whatever Mm -hmm. or you seem to think that the leadership could be improved here Mm-hmm. Get together and write your proposal. Get with your your team, a team of you or oh, yeah, one like of you a, or a command and submit mm-hmm. this proposal. And we're yeah. going to do like a whole competition kind of thing. Like have the Navy let leave it up to. There, there used to, to be an, you know, like an sailors. office of innovation or something like that. I'd have mm-hmm. to look it up to see if it's still real. Because somebody, uh, Ariana asked me about it. Uh, Ariana, sorry, I pronounced that weird. Um, asked me about it the other day. She was on a mini me episode, and she's working on a podcast to go to go through the platform. Um, but she asked about it the other day, like whatever happened to that, and I'm like, I, I think it still exists. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But like, mm-hmm. there used to be something like that, and it was like you'd see stuff. Some marine like created a thing to patch uh, gunshot wounds better or something. It was like a f- spray foam thing or something. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. there was something, re- it was really cool. It was like a genius invention. And then other time, other stuff, like just simple stuff that annoys, uh, like lower enlisted, like worker bees on a regular basis where somebody comes up with a solution for it. And it's like, here, mm-hmm. this, this is stupid. Do it this way. And the Navy's like, Oh wow, that's brilliant. And they do it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that still exists. I hope it does. I would think they would want to like make that a more robust program that's more accessible. Um, but I, I don't know if it's still real, but it used to be a thing. And yeah, no, I 100% agree that that should be like a thing yeah. that they're actively soliciting input for stuff like that. Because like mm-hmm. some of the kids coming in the Navy today are freaking geniuses, like brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't even under, I, like, there, there's problems in the Navy that I can't even comprehend now. Or like, well, maybe the problem I can well, comprehend, but the potential solution I can't. You know, like the technology yeah. and the the things that now, like my nephew is, is, I mean, I think he's 10. And he like is coding games and stuff on his computer. Like mm-hmm. the kid is, is so far beyond any capacity I'll ever have with that kind of stuff that like, Mm-hmm. it blows my mind and it's like more and more people well, are coming we're, in with we're the passing, ability to do things like that yeah we're passing the reins on right we're supposed to be passing mm-hmm. the reins on training our training our reliefs and, and our reliefs are the people who can kind of navigate the so- social sphere of this right. new world better than we can and right and that that will always be the case um right and so, it, it would be real neat if we'd we'd like just accept that yeah. and allow for the innovation that will come from accepting that like just be mm-hmm. okay with them like coming up with the good idea and who mm-hmm. can't like one of the th- leadership like behaviors that frustrates me the most is um people's need to take credit for things like and we've mm-hmm. built a system around it, like in, in those people's defense, like the eval system being what it is, it's like they want that on their eval. And it's like, well, why can't more than one pe- person put it on their eval? Like, who cares? But the yeah. the idea of like, there's this problem, but uh, somebody wants it to be like on their fit rep or eval instead, or they want to fix it their way so they can be the one to solve the problem, even though their way is way less effective than what seaman timmy came up with and it's like i just want the problem fixed in the best way possible so that we can effectively (laughs) execute our mission of projecting power and and like crushing the enemy like i just like who cares whose idea it was like who 
who cares? I used to do that all the time. And like, and I was the guy that would give my guys credit for stuff I did, even if I did it, but like, cause I don't, I don't need a, a pat on the head, you know, like I was a senior chief mm -hmm. or a master chief or whatever. So it's like, at that point, I'm like, I'm not trying to like, it's whatever, man. If you guys perform well, I prefer, like, that's my eval. Like, so it's like, yeah. I want you to do well. My and that's not why I want you success. to do well, but yeah, but that's how I'm evaluated is you being successful. So why wouldn't I want you to be the one with a good idea in the first place? You can still mm -hmm. write it on your eval. You are still the person in the leadership position, but like, yeah, I just wish that that leadership behavior wasn't as prevalent where, cause it, it goes hand in hand with the blame game we were talking about earlier with the critiques. It's like, nobody wants yeah. any accountability, but everybody wants all the credit. And it's just like, why? Yeah. Like you should be doing that in reverse. Like you should do the exact opposite. You should want That's all the accountability mentality. Yeah. Though, you know? Yeah. You should want all the accountability yeah. and none of the credit because like, if you're doing your job, right you're going to get credit because your sailors are doing so well. So it's like, I don't need to be individually coming up with the good idea. I just need to be like effectively leading my people. And if they come up with those great ideas and solutions, I'm going to give them credit for it. And then they're going to perform well. And then I get to take credit for that. They promoted as a result or got an award as a result of that brilliant thing that they came up with that we utilized to solve some problem. And blah, blah, blah. Not that that's why well, I'm doing it, but that's how the system should work if it was healthy. I got to say that I, you know, considering all the the somewhat doom and gloom conversations, it seems that I might have with <laughs> with with coworkers or peers or, you know, even even like us talking about some things that seem kind of negative and, and like there's um, a giant rain cloud over, you know, the military or, yeah. or us in general. Um, I, I've always kind of had faith and 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 hope and I, I believe in you know i got what some of the guys reamed me for, for using the word hope one time on test step they were like they said all you know what you would say when you say hope but anyway i, yeah, I have belief yeah. and faith in 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 the new guys and because i see you know i have siblings that are uh, a lot younger than me and and so i get to see you know in my own family how like you're talking about with your nephew how mm -hmm. smart these people are yeah and I, I just don't I just don't see a world where they're not able to leverage that intelligence and find a solution to yeah. the problem. Well, um, and as long as yeah. we kind of like I think as long as we kind of continue to be that support, that olive branch there just for for sake of being the elder in the room. Yeah, um, I think that it'll I think that we can continue to to lobby for the kind of change that we believe should take place and they can. Yeah. I, there, so, you know? but I think too, that, that, so that idea, if you, if you think about it, like it's always been happening that way. Right. Like mm -hmm. I think we're, we are in a rough spot because our priorities are all out of whack. Right. With the leadership development stuff. Um, it, it, and this is in my analysis, but like you could argue it in a lot of different ways, but our priorities are all effed up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what you're seeing and, and a lot of it is like what's going on in the world too. Um, but you would think that in a time where there's some economic uh, like strife, you'd think enlistment numbers would go up naturally because it's a it's very stable, guaranteed job income, whatever. Like you're not going to get laid off from the military, like generally. I mean, sometimes you get programs like performance serve and Seaway that like scale down the force, but. Generally, if you're trying to fog the mirror, well, like you're going to be fine. Um, right. but 
what's happening right now is recruitment and retention is in the toilet and the economy's in rough shape, sort of, you know, like in certain ways. So you would, I'm, I'm troubled by that, but like, I'm not willing to like say it's like an existential crisis quite yet because of exactly what you just said is like you, it takes a long time to breed the old way out of the system, right? Like, cause if you think about how long it takes to get to the nosebleed seats of the military, like to, to get to MCPON and CNO or CNP and fleet and all that kind of stuff, the policymakers, right. Or even like the, the civilian leadership at like SECNAB level and stuff like those aren't young people. Mm-hmm. Like there are staffers that are young, but it's like to actually get to that level, it takes a long time. So you're getting like older people with different, just generational concepts and context and experiences and belief systems and, and whatever. So in order for people that think the way I think, or that you think, or that whoever that thinks the similar or same way that we do, or is on the same wavelengths, probably a better way of saying it. It's like, you gotta, you gotta wait. Cause like I retired almost a year ago at 21 years. Most Mcpons have like close to 40 years in the military. So it's like you you got to wait like it takes a long time to get to that position. And so by yeah. the time they get there, they're already like 3 4 generations behind the curve. And so it's like and and to get a mind that's open enough to reach back and try to to interface with f- not one, not two, not three generations behind, but like four or five generations <laughs> behind, it's it's tough and I think you're you're just barely starting to see it with the Mikpon AMA was encouraging, but I don't think you're going to see him do a lot more of that stuff. I don't think he liked mm-hmm. it. Um, and I don't think it definitely wasn't his idea. You know what I mean? That got fed to him. And I did a podcast with the dude that helped to make it happen via some other people at the surface Navy association, like gathering, but like, I don't think you're going to see him do a lot of that stuff. Um, but you see uh, the F- fleet master chief to He's the pack fleet. He's got every Friday he puts out a podcast where he's got this like he's talking about leadership and mentoring sailors and all like his belief system and all this kind of stuff. He the the young lady that I have doing Seeds of Triumph. It's a mental health podcast I put out through my platform. Um, She's only I think I've got uh, 10 and 11 or, or 10 just came out. So she's 10 episodes in. I've got 11 like scheduled to come out. But so she's only been doing this for a couple months and it got it got a bunch of reach and to the point that uh, I'm pretty sure pack fleet reached out to her. And so like he's, he's dialed in and look actively looking at these kinds of things and embracing the platform. So it's like, and then it's just podcasts as far as I know. Like, I don't know if he, I don't think he's on YouTube or I don't think he's on Reddit or anything else. And if he is, he's lurking on Reddit or something. I don't think mm-hmm. he's active, at least not that I'm aware right. of anyway, but like it's, it's a, it's a nice, it's a really good sign that somebody that's in his position is like he has at least has the awareness that like, Hey, I should do this thing because it'll help me reach sailors. Um, and then like not only just doing his own thing, but participating in Desiree's, which is completely unofficial, not a Navy platform. Right. And he was just like, yeah, bring it. Let's go. And they did it in his office. Like she walked in there with her (laughs) microphone and everything and they did it in his office. So like, that he was willing to do that and, and actively like engaged her to, to do that. Like, and, and maybe it was one of like his aide 
like made the connection, but that he was willing to do it and that he did it. And that like, I haven't listened to it yet to be fair, but like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, um, it's it's a great sign but you're just like think about how long podcasts have been around i've been doing mine for seven years and like the joe rogan experience was big back then so it's like think about how long this platform has been around and they're just starting to make a meaningful entry into like little little like toe in the water entries to to certain spaces on the internet where sailors are engaging it's like think of how far behind that is man Mm -hmm. It's like at least one whole career behind, you know what I mean? Like 20 years ago, there were no podcasts, (laughs) you know, like maybe, I don't know, maybe they're 20 years old at this point, but you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not super willing to keep, try to keep up, but you're starting to see some of the, some of these guys, leadership competence, reach a level where they are willing to reach back, even though they're not reaching all the way back, you know, like they're, but they're trying to reach back and leverage platforms that that sailors are engaging. And even if it's primarily um, like senior sailors, I would say like people engaging with podcasts are generally like E5 and above. Not that there's not junior sailors listening to podcasts. There are. Well, you'll see that. You'll see that change too. Like because kids, the newer, like we talked about generationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Podcast listeners are getting younger and younger. Yeah, they are for sure. So. But like, yeah, it's still like, I'm just saying like they're they're, um, cause there's also stuff with like, so like when I got invited to discord to the Navy discord server and, I, and the same thing kind of happened with Reddit, I felt like I went back in time. I'm like, this is an AOL chat room, like, yeah, or yeah. like with Reddit, it's like, people this is like an old like, school internet message board. You know what I mean? Like and I'm speaking just, in radio, like a uh, radio short, short talk on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, like on, on, there is some like slang and abbreviations and stuff that I, I don't keep up with very well, but, um, but they're cool about it when I ask, cause they know that I'm an old mass chief that, you know, they, they know who I am and, and where I'm at in life. So they're cool with like educating me, um, because they, they love that I'm willing to participate in their thing. Um, and so like when I got, but when I got invited in there, I was just like confused. I was like, what is this? Like, why are people engaging with this? Like it was bizarre because to me, in my mind, we've evolved past this, but for some reason, junior, junior people are engaging in, in forums like discord and Reddit. So I'm just like, all right, like, I guess I'll try to figure it out. And, and they're real cool about educating me when I need help with it. Um, and helping me out just generally, uh, especially with the podcast stuff. But even like, I think if somebody like Mick Pond or, you know, and maybe not this Mick Pond, but like the next one or something, which I really hope is to Korzik, but, and then like, uh, like the fleets or forces or whoever, like if they want to, if you want to reach sailors where they are, you got to figure out where they are. And it's like, yeah. when I started doing the podcast, then I got invited to Reddit and then I started putting stuff out on Reddit and then I got invited to discord and then I started putting out stuff on discord. So then it's like, it just kind of like the tendrils just started growing out into everywhere. And, and, um, I'm, I'm growing the reach because that's where they're spending their time. And it's like, it, you know, and they're all over TikTok, and I'm not there and I'm, you know, like sad panda about it a little bit, but um, I don't think it's going to happen just because I'm creeped out by the technology, but you know, it is what it is. Ariana is apparently posting stuff for me. So like, I'm like, Hey, like, I mean, maybe some of my stuff's making it around TikTok. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's like, I, I think 
I think it just takes a long time to uh, for like the the people in those those types of leadership positions to like grow into it. And I, I really wish that they would do more. They had Grant Khan in this some type of a social media uh, job that like where and I don't know if it was just I think it might have just been for the recruiting community, mm-hmm. but. At one point, he took over the official Navy Instagram account. So I think it was for like the whole Navy. Um, but then he got medically retired and stuff. So like he but I mean, they should have just hired him back as a civilian. But um, yeah, be a they yeah, like he was um, hired in some job where it kind of looked like they were going to start like putting people in that in those jobs or like creating jobs and hiring people that get it and letting them kind of run that part and advise the old heads that don't get it and just be like look just trust me sit down here talk at the camera i'll take care of the rest you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i don't need you to understand what's happening here i just need you to do your thing in front of this camera and like we'll help curate the way you do the thing but then i'll take care of making it making it get to the people that you're targeting you know and instead they're still just like flying around the Navy doing all hands calls and publishing stuff in in publications no one reads and like well I, I gotta I, I gotta know. believe that that's 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 either changing now or um, will be very soon uh, just, I hope so they they're uh, you're gonna the Lieutenant Travis the one I you you mentioned before we recorded where I did that podcast mm-hmm. with her recently uh, the chop fluencer one she's she mentioned there's a chinfo which is like the chief of information or something i don't know it's probably like the pao mm-hmm. command or something yeah. i don't know much about it but like chinfo is running a program called and it's uh navy digital ambassadors and they mm-hmm. basically went and got like people like her that are, are active on social media platforms and have big followings and they like what they're doing um and they're like endorsing them as like you're an official navy digital ambassador and Basically, they just want them to get the word out on certain things, but they're not like this is what she told me. They're not like telling them like you have to say this or you can't say that or like they want them to communicate it the way that they would communicate it and um, say like call it like they see it, but use their reach to get it out. Because like, I don't know how the official Navy like if you if you have like an official Navy Instagram, like how you're going to get the message out in a meaningful way. Like that account's never going to have the reach that like Lieutenant Travis does or that I do mm-hmm. or, the, and, and like my reach well, isn't like I would her account insane, but like there's a bunch of people though, that, that have huge followings. Go ahead. Sorry. I would argue though that being a, a, a Navy recognized or I don't want to say sanctioned, account will eventually stifle your growth and your reach too because it could at some point yeah. people at some point depending on what would happen that the navy does or does not want to right. comment on right people will start losing their faith yeah in i think your ability to be i think biased. i'm standing on the wrong side of that line like i don't think i think i've said enough inflammatory things that they're i'm never gonna get like contacted yeah. by those people <laughs> even lieutenant travis is like oh, i'll shoot him an email and like point you out and i'm like i don't think you need to point me out i think they know, they know who like I, yeah. they know who i am they're like there's a lot of people there's a lot of higher level people listening that 
Yeah. Um, well, you've some of the guests you've had on the show. There's no way that they don't. Know yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I've been told explicitly, like Paul Kingsbury is a retired fleet mass chief. I've been told explicitly by him, like I'll get text messages. He'll get excited about some podcasts I did. Right. And he'll be like, dude, mm. I texted it to every active fleet and force master chief and the McPon. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, calm down. He was doing that when I was on active duty. And I'm like, I don't hot, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need this kind of heat. Calm down. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to have to go hide, bro. Like I was, wor- I was worried. I was going to get like called into my CMC's office and be like, what are you doing in your free time? But yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, um, I know, I know they're aware of it. And even like the current McPon. Um, so like I, one of the, I joke about it. Cause I, I'm sure it wasn't him that did it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but like I did that McPon AMA response podcast and tagged the official McPon account and I got untagged pretty quick. <laughs> like I got, I got like, or his account untagged him and like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, and, and it was funny cause I thought it was just like a glitch like, or like <laughs> I, I made a mistake and I like forgot to do it. Like I thought I did, but I really didn't or something, but yeah. I had a couple of listeners like in the comments on social media going, Oh really? They untagged you, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So it wasn't just me that noticed either. So yeah. I was like, "And now you can't tag his account in anything either." So I was like, mm. "Oh, that's interesting." Um, but you know, like I think I've probably uh, ruffled just enough feathers at that level, like because I don't, I don't think I've done anything like super wild. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm like honest enough that I'm probably too honest for that audience, and like, and I'm critical yeah. of a lot of things, and and uh i'm sure there's lots of of khakis that are at that level that don't agree with a lot of the things i say but well um, you know man i think i have a yeah. i have a lot of stuff that i want to talk with you about offline because i think some of the stuff that we've talked about so far is mm-hmm. uh is is great um starting points for a lot of uh great things other can, podcasts yeah. and stuff yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh, you know i'm and, down uh, man and uh yeah, we'll yeah, we'll we'll I'll leave it wrap it up week. here and we'll talk offline yeah. and then go from there. Yeah, All for right. sure, man. Who yeah. Well, so tell everybody where they can find you because we're gonna we're gonna dual path this one. So like I'll release it and okay. you'll release it, but let everybody know where they okay. can find you for for the benefit of my audience. Yeah, man. Um if you don't know, um I, I'm I'm the guy with call somebody. Depth. Yeah, if you don't <laughs> you better ask somebody. <laughs> Um, drop a nine anyway uh yeah uh i'm with test depth you can find us at at test depth that's t-e-s-t-d-e-p-t-h um or you can find me at on my personal instagram which is uh i'm ellison and that's just ellison spelled backwards so it's it looks like no zeal um but also you can go to our website at teamtestdepth.com if you're um, a submariner out there and you don't know uh, we've got a blog corner we talk about a lot of stuff um, and we're continuing to, to post our blogs every friday so things to do with mental health you know things to do with your fa- your family or spousal support how they can get involved uh, mm-hmm. for you while you're on deployment care packages stuff like that we Hell we yeah. want to just kind of build a lot of a, a huge bank of resources on our deck plate tab uh, which is the blog corner for for everybody out there to support uh, your your active duty submariner um and yeah, we've got a podcast. We got the Only on the Midwatch podcast, so you could find our podcast um, <laughs> only on the mid only on the Midwatch wherever you listen to podcasts. Sorry, that was and a that long is red carpet. A hundred percent the vibe, like only on the Midwatch, like the conversations that go down when you're on the Midwatch. That's the vibe. Yeah, and man. I love it. Yeah, I man. mean, they're doing you're doing you a lot of other stuff again. now too. Oh hell yeah, dude! I'm always down. Yeah, 
you know me. Yeah, you man. just got to schedule with me on my little thing, and then we'll do the day your, thing. I got nothing. Dude, I do the Calendly thing now. That was Hell such a yeah. great idea. You it's amazing. That, that Shout out to John Rennie for yeah. hooking up. He was the first person, like, that's how I found out about it, is that's how I schedule yeah. the time to be on his podcast. Because uh, we talked yeah. about it, and he's like, yeah, and he just sends me this link. He's like, just, like, sign up for a time. And it's it's yeah. amazing because there's an yeah. app for your phone, all kinds of dope stuff. But yeah, John Rennie's a dope dude. I see him. I see him active out there yeah. on Instagram. But yep, yeah, he's yeah, a busy dude. He's got books. He's got a podcast. He's yeah. got all kinds of cool stuff. Check out he's Deep Leadership. It. Good man. Yeah, good dude. All right, man. Let's wrap this thing up. Right, I appreciate bro. your time. Thanks for doing it, and we'll definitely do it again soon, dude. Anytime. All right. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Uh, always great talking to Ellison. Um, definitely. Uh, if he's a he's a as about as interested in leadership development as I am in in certain ways. Where um, for a while his podcast was focused more on just kind of like the hang and the culture of of submarining and um, stuff like that. And then he started to kind of go down these these rabbit holes of leadership development, why people do what they do, how we can be better, mental health stuff, all kinds of different avenues. Uh, and so it's always fun to to get him to explore those concepts with me. Uh, especially because he was he did one tour on a submarine and then separated. And so now he's in the civilian uh, contracting world, uh, still works with the Navy, goes out on ships and stuff. But uh, it's fun to get his perspective because he only has that junior enlisted perspective. Um, and granted, like smarter and more mature now and all he's learned all kinds of things. But uh, when he's filtering it through his like naval uh, experience it's it's filtered through like a like an e5 perspective like a junior leader still he was trying to figure it out he was trying to help help his people and and fill in for like his lpo at times and and i, I think he mentioned at one point not having a chief so uh pretty pretty awesome to to have that perspective to bounce things off of and filter things through and then just a great dude always fun talk to him he's always he's always got interesting perspectives on things uh, and we always have a good time. So uh, if you haven't already, go check out Only on the Midwatch podcast and teamtestdepth.com. Uh, those guys are doing great things. And Allison in particular is the is the kind of the main uh, the main dude over there now doing the damn thing. And uh, I think there's a lot of great things in their future. So go check them out. Uh, as always, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't go with the ship podcast at gmail.com. You could Facebook message us. Don't go with the ship podcast, or you could DM us on Instagram, Reddit, or discord at D podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go to D There's a donate button on the website, or you can go to D apparel.com. It's don't go up the ship apparel. You can get yourself some naval, naval pride and heritage gear. You'll actually wear in public. We've got stickers, coins, all the stuff, all the podcast, uh, apparel, everything is there. Uh, and anything that I'm selling is, is through that website nowadays. And then, uh, the best way, if you, if you can, and you're willing go to patreon.com slash D podcast, we got five tiers, pick one that suits you best. Uh, all kinds of cool benefits for each tier. Uh, and then uh, sign up and become a patron. That it helps us do everything. It helps us pay the bills. It helps us expand the platform. Uh, so if you would and you can, that's a, the best way to support us. Uh, if you can't spend any money because times are tough, I get it. I'm, I'm in the same universe you're in, where like the economy's weird and and inflation and interest rates and all that shenanigans. Um, just share, like, subscribe, review us on all the platforms for all the things like social media, YouTube, podcast platforms, everything like share the content, tag your friends in it, subscribe to the YouTube channel, whatever you can do that it, all that's free. Uh, it's just like your attention and your willingness to click a button, uh, stuff like that. So if you can, uh, like if you're willing and you don't want to spend any money on it, that's a great way to support us. It helps a ton. 
Um, and with that, that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. Hey, shout out to our level five patrons, Victoria Livingood and William McIver. We really appreciate you. All our other patrons, you're enabling us to do this thing and your support means everything. Thank you so much. Thank you.